0: Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to the I'm Glad
1: I'm Not in Texas episode of Walser Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. This is episode 83 for people keeping score at home. And I'm joined in studio by our special guest, marketing director from Walser Automotive Group
2: kate lumsden
1: and andy Rappernard. and phoning it in as always deep in the heart of the, you, i think florida is the only place in the country with nice weather right now right
0: well it's 82 and sunny so if you think that's nice gross.
1: all right i'm that's it gross. i'm out of here gross <laughs> gross we'll, we'll be right back after this exciting announcement
0: michael bryant
3: brad sean bryant what's the latest
0: And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if I'm hanging out with you. uh, Maybe. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant.
1: I knew that was going to be an exciting announcement. We are back. With Car Selling Secrets, special guest Kate Lumsden from Walser Automotive Group. The talk and text line is open if anybody has a comment, question, or the very rare criticism. That number is 561-228-4061. Kate, it's a, it's a tradition on the show, as you well know. That the guest gets to start with regaling us with the tale of their very first automobile. What was your first car?
2: Oh man, I feel like my story's kind of lame compared to the crazy stuff I've heard in the past. But um, I, it's kind of lame. Uh, It's a 2001 Toyota Corolla. Uh, Oh my god, that is boring.
1: And you're, are you still driving it?
2: No, okay. no, no. Um, I, I had that car for six years all through college, and one day the oil light came on. I took a corner too sharp, and I threw a rod, and oh, it no. was done. It was toast. I limped it home, and then it had to get towed from my apartment parking lot to the dealership where I traded it in on a new Mazda at the time. So
1: I only know two people that have ever killed the Toyota and you're one and the other is Mike Bryant from Bradshaw Bryant. He's bought a bunch of camrys from us mm-hmm. in Bloomington.
4: Well but he drives them what? Five million miles a year. 60,000
1: miles a year. It's
2: had like 125,000 miles on it, I think. But then I talked to my neighbor who, ironically, is named Toyota Mark. He works at a Toyota dealership. He's a mechanic. And he's like, oh, yeah, that year's infamous for having problems with burning through oil. So you just got to top it off all the time. I'm like, where were you 10 years ago? I probably still have that car.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably working on Toyotas. That's how you get to be called Toyota Mark. Well, I'm sorry to hear that your car died.
2: but It was for the best.
1: okay so missy how did you get into this crazy business what's your journey i'm sure you grew up and you know you're probably a five-year-old girl going i want to talk to people about their extended warranties
2: (laughs) (laughs) definitely not um i i'm from upstate new york and i just i had a really early on interest in cars i've never owned a barbie or a doll or anything in my life i grew up on Matchbox cars and remote control, like everything. I, I was a teenage mutant Tur- ninja turtle for Halloween. Like I, I came up with a very. Andy, like you were
1: a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Whoa, yeah, wait a <laughs> Donatello yep. does machines.
2: Yep, I was uh, Michelangelo. So. <laughs> uh-huh.
4: Michelangelo is a party dude.
2: Yes, yes. Well, I wanted to be Leonardo, oh but they God. didn't have the costume available at the time, so I just oh. settled for Michelangelo. <laughs> anyway um i used to draw cars when i was little um i was just very interested in that so when i started to pursue like an actual career path i was looking into car design at first and then you quickly realize there's about five people on the entire planet that design the cars that are actually rolling down the road right it's a very competitive subset of a weird industry and like you can't You can't base your entire life off of that unless you are, like, very, very dedicated and very, very talented. So So,
1: uh, I'll share a – and it's the only good uh, sharing a urinal story that I have. (laughs) I was at a Chrysler meeting and had to use the facilities, and next to me is Ralph Giles, who is the guy – he's the guy from Chrysler. This guy uh, designed the 300. He's built all the cool stuff. He's a really interesting guy. He's African-American. And I was asking him about the Patriot, and well, he works for Chrysler, so I think everybody yeah, there we swears just a, a piece lot. On him recently, I he agree. says, "Yeah, uh, yeah they effed me right over the barrel with that one. What a pile of! Sh-. He just went, <laughs> just ripped what Chrysler had done to what apparently was a really nice design at one time. So, anyway, awesome, continue our, your story.
2: That's that's kind of the thing, though. It's a trial or a design by committee kind of thing yeah. um, with car design. You can't you have these really cool designs, and then they never come to fruition because of all the standards around automobile in general. But also, yeah, I we went to all these auto shows, and you see these really cool concepts. By the time they hit the road, it's nothing even remotely close to what, what made it cool, right? So, Other I, uh, than Chrysler
1: that <laughs> has always pulled that off, right? <laughs>
2: They've done a I nice the, job, yeah.
3: Let's build the Prowler.
2: Well, yeah. That's kind of cool. But then talk about, it's like, the HHR, and then you're like, oh, right. man. <laughs> but um, I... I just widened my scope a little bit. I actually went to the U of M uh, for graphic design. I have a degree in that. Wow. And then out of complete random circumstance, I applied to a job position that was anonymous. And I was hired as a graphic designer for a local automotive group.
1: You can go ahead and tell them this. We know there's more than one. <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, so my former life was definitely Maury's. Uh, they picked me up right out of college. And I, I spent 10 years with them in the automotive industry. So I learned... So every y- facet that's how of you it. started
1: as a gra- doing graphic design mm-hmm. for Morris.
2: Yep, so you learn all the brand standards and all the quirks of every OEM you carry and of course, you're you're branding all of these materials that your customers see. So in the process, you're learning about all these warranties, tire and wheel, like all the crazy stuff that we need to help educate your consumers. And as a designer, if I don't understand the concept, I can't clearly communicate it. Right. So it's on me to learn it first and then figure out how do I distill this into something that the average consumer can understand. So through that process, I learned a ton about the industry, about the products we sell, um, the things that we do internally, externally, and I'll give it to Morris for their their ability to brand themselves as a whole, and they have a really strong campaign out there and a lot a lot to talk about that that makes them interesting to customers. So um, I've just I've learned a ton in that time, and then uh, made a transition here and. Great.
1: I worked for Mori for a year yeah. and I never should have left, quite honestly. I, I mean, this is back when the Miata first came out, and Carl Schmidt was the assistant used car manager. Yep. It's, uh, but he was a, a lovely guy to work for. He was one of the first dealers, I think, in a fairly small group that understood CSI before it became a thing. Mm-hmm. So car dealers are measured by their uh, consumer satisfaction indexes. Like if you buy a new car, you'll you'll know. Hey, Andy, you've bought new cars. You get bombed with surveys. Mm-hmm. And that was the yardstick. But Maury, uh, even before the manufacturers pushed that, if uh, the joke was if... If you had a complaint from a customer, you better fix it because if they get to Maury, he's going to recarpet their whole house and charge your department.
2: He'll put a few sliding doors in too. And yeah. If there's any Maury's employees listening, they'll understand that concept. But um, he was one of the most genuine people I've ever met. Like yeah. I was hired straight out of college, so I was like some 23-year-old, 24-year-old designer who worked in the corporate office. But you would go to, to Maury where he was working out of um, the body shop in Long Lake and he knew my name he knew exactly who I was he would greet me every time like I thought I was just some you know nobody knows who Small. I am yeah but Maury was incredible like he he knew exactly who I was he always uh, said hello asked me how I was doing and always had some crazy story because if anybody knows Maury has a car collection and he's got stories that you would not believe
1: Okay, saying Maury Wagner has a car collection is kind of like saying <laughs> Jimi Hendrix plays the guitar a little.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Tom, if
1: you ever get a chance uh, this summer and you want to do something fun, um, let's uh, we'll get a hold of our good buddy Tom Ryan and we'll go visit uh, Maury's car All collection. Right. It will, it uh, seriously, it'll blow your mind. He has to have what three hundred cars in there, if not more.
2: Probably more. And I think it's that all was... stuff Jeez. from,
1: you... you know, pre-World War Two on. Well, he has a staff of, last time I was there, he had a staff of four or five people that mm-hmm. all they did was work on his collection.
2: Does
4: he have, like, aircraft hangars in his property full of cars? It is. Or?
1: It's that it's like a bunch of aircraft carrier-sized wow. stuff all bolted together. I forget together. what
2: the number was, but it's a crazy amount of, like, fully enclosed square footage and every time you go there he's basically knocked down a wall to open up another room to make mm. and it's funny you say aircraft carrier he does have a small plane in there i think there's a couple like a little one little thing with an engine
4: planes.
1: in it
2: yeah basically
1: i think we got to take a quick break when we come back i'll tell you the story of the first time that i saw maury's car collection you'll get a kick out of it I think. <laughs> we'll be right back
0: Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO from North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, you work with many different types of businesses. Can you tell me about one of them? Absolutely.
1: Real fishing was started by a young entrepreneurial couple here in the Twin Cities. They offer guided fishing services during the open water season and ice house rentals in the winter. They came to us with a great idea for their business, but not a lot of experience in getting one off the ground. Now that they're up and running, they've told us how much they appreciate that we listen to their ideas for their business and help them work through all of the contingencies that could come, knowing that we will be here to help them every step of the way with the capital
0: they need. Yeah, they're not going to get that at just any bank. You need Bilski.
1: Tommy, our whole team at all of the branches take pride in providing outstanding customer service and are ready to help our clients when they need us most.
0: Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof.
1: back with Kate Lumsden, marketing director from Walzer Automotive Group. So uh, uh, before the break, I started to tell this story. And it was when I worked for Maury, um, he had called me one day and says, hey, I'm having some big shots from Mazda out to the house for dinner. Can you and your wife come? I said, sure, love to do that. And he had a really nice place on, Min- on Lake Minnetonka. I don't know if he still does anymore.
2: Yeah, he still does.
1: So I pull in, and one of his sons, Charlie, uh, is in the garage. <laughs> He goes, how, how are you, Doug? I said, Charlie, I'm doing pretty good. I'm supposed to meet your dad in the garage. He goes, yeah, go just go to the garage. And I said, Charlie, aren't we standing in the garage? And he goes, oh no, 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 no. Take this elevator down here. So there's an elevator in the back, and an underground. He had, oh, it was probably forty cars at the time, including a, Cal, a Ferrari California Spider, just some really rare stuff wow. that's like a multi-million-dollar vehicle. Now it was still probably worth you know, a quarter or a half, even 30 years ago, but it was, uh, it was fun. We've got to talk about stuff other than the Maury Wagner show. <laughs> His ears are probably ringing, which is fine. Um, you know, car dealers in this town, they're super competitive. They want to kill each other, but at the end of the day, God, I kind of hate saying the end of the day, um, competition aside, almost all of them are really, really good friends. Maury mm-hmm. and, and Paul and Andrew and, and, uh, That guy that runs Luther, I can't remember his name. They all get along pretty well.
0: Danny, Denny, something, you know. Yeah.
1: No, it's funny. You know, when Tom was here, he told that story about... uh, Uh, uh jack jablonski when he you know got mm-hmm. paralyzed it was maury and david luther and paul just called each other and said yeah let's get the guy a van we got to help him
2: out." yeah and i helped coordinate that actually oh did you really i did yeah see I've-
1: tom ryan took all the credit for that
2: see i've known tom for ah. a long time you want to know the story of when i met tom yes <laughs> i was brand new to maury's i was sitting in my office and my counterpart mark potter was sharing the office with me at the time, and. We were talking about something I don't remember, and Tom appeared in my doorway. I had not at this point actually met Maury. I was too new. Tom introduced <laughs> himself as Maury Wagner. So, of course, I got oh, out of my God. chair, like, introducing myself and, you know, Tom. It's, it's, that's how that whole thing went. So I will never forget the day I met Tom Ryan and Ugh. ever since. So.
1: <laughs> that sounds like uh, my good friend Tom.
2: Yep, but yeah, we were definitely Indeed. there for the the whole Jablonski thing, and and we did a lot of coordination and a lot of efforts to help with that. So, um, I remember we put together a vehicle um, to have it outfitted yeah. for for Jack's wheelchair and all those types. Now, of No,
1: Tom, do you know is he in California now? For some reason, I think that's that he's not in the state anymore. Do you know
0: where who is Jablonski? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he lives in uh, Los Angeles, doesn't he? Yeah, I he thought, went it, I USC, thought moved didn't he went to
1: California. I, I wasn't sure, but.
0: I think that might. Well, I know he went to USC, right?
4: Uh, yeah, Minnesota to California to USC. Yep. He's an LA nice Kings kid. personality and employee.
1: We got to get him on the podcast. He'd be it's, a great guest. Oh, God, yeah. It's
4: been a while. Because you he's, had him on, man, he's on yours
1: right. Several
4: got, years ago.
0: Seven or eight years ago, I seem to remember Let's that. let see here got to bring his little brother though cuz his little brother's a smart ass <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, I remember Tom's son had Love a him. connection there, Mike. So Yeah, I think that's
1: yep. what got Tom kind of involved. Mm-hmm. He told the story about, you know, collecting all these books from these famous authors and stuff.
4: Uh, let's see. He was number, well, yeah, wow, he was uh, number 195
1: Oh yeah, and so we're that currently was. at nineteen hundred
4: forty-nine. So it's been a while. Oh god, so that was
1: eight years ago, I
4: thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think yep. so. Pretty close. Let's see, one ninety-five. Indeed. I can tell you exactly when, May fourteenth, twenty thirteen. I can't believe it was that long god, ago. Eight years, almost eight yeah. years.
0: It's amazing.
2: Weren't you just saying you so can't we, believe how long ago that was as your catchphrase? Yeah, friend? I
0: know. It's, and that's what I said. I said the older you I'm get, getting, the worse it
4: gets. I'm getting to the point where, yeah, that's uh,
0: a... <laughs> I remember when stamps were two cents. Yeah,
4: Nobody yeah. uses can stamps tell anymore. You,
1: yeah,
0: we got stamps. Can I tell you a quick story about that? Of course. Listen, because we had a game show going back in the day, so it wasn't that offensive, but it sounds so. <laughs> so uh, what, what's his younger brother's name? Is it Mitch? I couldn't is Mitch his I, young, I, I can't remember his younger it. brother's name. Uh, Doesn't really matter, but but he at the time probably was about fourteen years old. Max, Jack, I think. Max, there you go, there you go, Max. So, they their dad comes in, Jay comes in, Max comes in, and we're talking about this, that, and the other thing, and having a great time. And I said, "Well, is there anything like in particular you'd like to do on the morning show?" And Max, who's like thirteen years old, goes. Yeah, I'd kind of like to play that game show you play, porno movie title or not. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, his dad looks at me like, oh, great, wonderful. (laughs) You haven't done that in a long time, but, you
1: know, when I listen to those, that's actually the hardest game show there is. Because the titles, the real ones are so out there, you don't think that could be possible. Well, a lot of them are
4: translated from other languages, but they're translated very literally. So you end up with extremely bizarre titles. Huh. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah,
0: Andy I has no idea. I'm a connoisseur, apparently.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't I, even picture Andy watching porn. I, I can't like, even get uh, that in my head. I, I like can't.
4: little. Th- I, I like to read up on other languages and how it impacts, you know, the world. There's, yeah, there's a, a bunch of sites out there, but you can find storefronts in other countries that are translated from English to the native language and then back and you'll find the most bizarre things it's like you know hitler's ice cream emporium (laughs) i'm not kidding (laughs) because it's a well-known name so they just put it on there why not they don't know any different because it's it's in like india or some country that what really wasn't impacted so they're like oh let's put a famous person on there who does who does everyone know oh yeah how about him
2: Well, i'm sure we're offenders just the same i'm sure yeah some... <laughs> yeah, we have mov-
4: yeah we have like movies where like genghis khan is like a joke character people mm-hmm. from china probably wouldn't appreciate that right but, uh, no no but we weren't affected by it so haha genghis khan
1: yeah we learned you don't want to put the <laughs> prophet muhammad in any car you sure don't
4: it's uh no a great career Marry move you know.
1: <laughs> no just leave the prophet alone <laughs> All right. Yeah, Kate, why is that? Though, when you
0: think of it, very, very quickly. Why is that? Because in a promo for Hulu, Abraham Lincoln says this is the worst theater experience of my life, and Jesus shakes his head and goes, Ugh.
4: "Well, there's yeah, a you actually, do with Jesus." There's a specific reason for it. Uh, you can't depict Muhammad because depicting him is creating an idol of him, and you can't oh, worship God. idols. You can worship concepts or okay. people, but not idols because the, the, but not uh, idols. Yeah. Because the Quran specifically says no idols allowed, which is why there are very what few ever. people in Muslim art. Hmm. Huh. Elvis Presley is out. Is that what you're telling me? You probably won't find a lot of graven <laughs> images of Elvis in a mosque. No. <laughs> probably
0: not. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny, though. Actually, it if they would. Did. I would love that.
1: Yeah, Turn I don't my, know why you know. that. It, I I don't know really. Why that causes so much ire? I just know that yep. it is, is that it yep. does.
4: You're probably not going to put Jesus in a lot of car commercials either, though. It's like
1: no, but they do. Not? They do a TV show know, called Black Night. Jesus, Nothing's which is hysterically day. funny. Well, that's and true. But no, no Christians rioted about that.
4: That's true. And still, you got to tread carefully there. Yeah, it's not going to be like, hey, I I'm suppose. Jesus, and I recommend Toyotas because.
1: Yeah, I. This was before <laughs> your time. But uh, Maury's ran, I think they only ran this commercial once. It was when Bill Clinton was in office and it was a Subaru commercial. And it was a voice impersonator of the president. And at the end of the commercial he said it sounded like he took a big hit. He goes, yep,
0: Supers are so
1: good, even straight people are driving them now. It's <laughs> oh like, my
2: oh, my God. <laughs> Couldn't believe. I, I thought was really that was funny. before my time. Oh, it was. Yes, it was, like, it was yes, the middle
1: exactly. of the Clinton administration. It was probably wow. mid-90s. I'm like, wow. I'm never going to hear that commercial again, I'm pretty sure.
2: Yikes. I, was it Tony
1: Lee? It, it, it could have been, but I don't think it I was. I think
0: it was, yeah. No? Maybe. Does so Tony do Bill Clinton? Oh, God, he's a great Bill Clinton. Does
1: he really? I didn't know that. Maybe oh, it was God, him. Yeah,
0: we'll, it, we'll have to ask him it. next time I talk to him. He kind of does it like this, you know, we had a great time. Ha, ha,
1: ha. He does that kind yeah. of
0: stuff. It's very funny. <laughs> so, speaking of
4: funny ads, how many people do you suppose get into marketing because they think they're going to be the next person who's writing the Funny progressive and Geico ads.
2: Oh, almost all of them. Yeah, I um, was going to say yeah. it's like people who have an iPhone call themselves a photographer these days. Everybody yeah. who thinks they have a good idea. <laughs> yep. Like, I, I want to be in marketing because oh, they think yeah. that it's it's literally like the Mad Men version of right. of, of yeah. the martini's
1: and chase the, the secretaries right. around the let's, office let's make write a funny million script
2: dollars. throw it out and yeah make a funny idea this yeah. is going to be the next big thing they don't realize all the data and the analytics and the, so the hard work that goes
4: into it there's fair amount of burnout in the industry then
2: yeah i mean it's it's really hard to one, make intelligent decisions because you're spending a lot of money. That's technically Marketing not yours. right? Expensive. Exactly. I'm spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and I have to be one, comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. But two, I have to prove some sort of ROI. Otherwise, right. you know, Andrew would be like, what are you doing? Um, but the other piece of it is like, it, you kind of have to be on the forefront of not only what the industry is doing, but what people respond to. Right. So like making things interesting in this business. It's hard sometimes because we're not the OEM. We're not the one with the sexy new product. Like, they can talk about, you know, their features and their vehicles and whatnot. We are the ones, you know, trying to sell our own process and differentiate, and that becomes a little less sexy and a little harder to do in a creative way.
1: But I think it's the most important. As you know, there were times when I was... Unfortunately, given the interim position of marketing director, I'm like, oh god, I hate this job, <laughs> and I said, so hire somebody quick. And and I don't know if this still happens today, but I'd get calls from the general managers, and they would go something like this: "Hey, Doug, what are you doing? Nothing, counting my millions. What are you doing? I just I just talked to the rep at Clear Channel, and I can get um, five thousand TV spots for fifteen cents a piece.
2: Mm-hmm. Get it and all the my time. My next
1: question was oh, my next question to them was always this. What's your message? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, did I say I could get 5,000 for 15 <laughs> right. cents a piece? It's like, dude, that, that, that doesn't matter. That part, how are you going to reach people? And I think that's the real challenge because, like you say, we, we we're we not Apple. We don't make our own stuff. We just sell <laughs> the same stuff everybody else does. Right. They don't build special Corollas for Walzer and yeah. then give all the crappy ones to Burnsville. You're not selling right. cars. You're selling the service. Right.
2: Right. So it's it's really hard to differentiate yourself. I think Walzer does a great job, but even then, like people just you only have bandwidth for so much advertising, right? Like your brain can't process it. So when you when you talk about like I want a new Toyota, I've I've had I've been in this industry a long time. My friends, my family, they don't even understand, well, why can't I just go to this one? Like well, which one's gonna offer you a better level of service and a better buy for what you're looking for? And they're like, I don't get it, it's a Toyota. Like right. th- they still don't. A lot of them think that yeah. the
1: manufacturers own the dealerships. They right. don't understand that it's yeah. a franchise system. and yep. it, it always drove me crazy when uh, it, it, many years ago, I guess, during the recession, Corp was on the second floor of Toyota. It was mm-hmm. me and Alan and payroll and the, about probably 20 people up there. So we'd have meetings there all the time, and people would call up. And they're all local media people, Cuneo or wherever it is. They yep. said, well, we're upstairs at the Toyota store. Where's the Toyota store? 494 in France um uh where is it i said Do you know where sensors is oh yeah sure well we're right next to that it's like damn it we spent five million dollars advertising this <laughs> store last year all of it on kq with tom by the way and sensors who never spends a dime was like yeah, i guess people like to drink more than like to talk Say to it. car people it's a form it's, of fun really people know where
2: to find <laughs> it that's
4: true yeah it's all yeah oh yeah i just it was like last week i was talking about where i live in st paul and whoever was on, it was like, "Oh, you mean right next to uh, that that bar?" I'm that like, was me. Oh yeah, plums. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. See, I, was... I went to
1: McAllister, so we. I, I, yeah, there you I go. I funded Plums and yeah. O'Gara's. I would just trade yeah. off weeks so I didn't look like yeah. a. Yeah, I was right alcoholic. next to O'garas,
4: so I was like, yeah, "Yeah, right next to O'Gara's. but yeah, that's a uh, that's what people remember. Is they remember their hangouts and they remember the the good times, that kind of thing.
2: But it translates. Yep. I mean, you have a great experience, a memorable experience. That's where you want to go back to, and we're trying to offer that in a different context but it's hard when your average life cycle of someone purchasing a car is every six years Yeah, it's how do they remember that experience and is it even the same a lot of people who bought a car last time around are coming due for their next they've never you know done a lot of the internet pieces that now exist that it's changing so quickly
1: well and i think the other thing that works against us well it's a few things we don't have a sterling reputation as retailers in the car business
2: yeah thanks broom i'll blame them for that one
1: (laughs) The advent of social media and everybody gets a platform to complain, we're a pretty yep. easy target. So even if somebody had a good experience, they, they might just not share it because they're all terrible people.
2: Well, yeah, people will always complain over compliment any day of the week. So and no one
4: goes to Yelp so they can say how much they like it unless you yep. remind them to or they have a specific reason to.
2: Yeah, I think we do a pretty good job of getting mostly positive, but the negative ones we try to just present as an opportunity, go to those people and be like, how do we make it right? Because, frankly, it's usually a breakdown in communication is all it really That's is. That's right,
1: because I get those emails from time to time, yep. right? because I put my email address out there. and. of the time it's like, God, this is really great, or can you help me here? And every once in a while, you guys effed up, and it's Mm -hmm. usually communication. Yep. Tom, uh, uh, you'll get a kick out of this. Sarah and I are thinking about having the deck replaced on our house, and I'm like, okay, I know one guy's a boating buddy, I'll talk to him. And then I thought about Charles Thayer, who used to advertise from uh, All Around. Right? Right. So I looked Mm -hmm. him up on the internet and sent him an email and, you know, and you remember me and you work with Tom. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sure do. Say hi to Tom, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I checked out his business. This guy does uh, pretty fair sized remodeling, uh, room additions, decks, all that sort of stuff. 5-0 Five O Google with 420 reviews. Wow! Like, dude, I have a jingle
2: in my head. I know it's marketing. Yeah, all yeah. All he's,
1: well, he's, well, he yeah. sang it.
2: We get it done and we do it. Right. Yeah,
1: yep. 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 And that's what Sarah said. Actually, yep. I said hey, I'm going to call Char- Charles there. She goes, "We do it right." Yep. Time. right <laughs> yep. but that's a stunning, stunningly great. Go- I, I've never seen one that good. You can, you'll see five O's, but they have like 15 reviews. No, of course, yeah.
2: Yeah, but that's crazy. Five
4: stars, one review.
1: I wonder yeah. who. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I like to be at that 4.9, the 4.0. It's a little more believable. You see the 5.0 and you're like... "Mm." It is a
4: little suspicious. Yeah, Literally no one has ever not given it five stars. I've
1: followed Carvana since the very beginning. And they don't do this anymore, but for a couple of years on their website, right below the fold, but so you couldn't miss it, Mm -hmm. big red text, click here to see our worst Google reviews.
0: And they were that, handled actually.
1: professionally, <laughs> and you go, okay, they, they, they did get one star, but know, these other 15,000 people seem to be pretty happy. We better yep. take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our uh, last segment of episode 83 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car
0: Selling Secrets. Visit Shift2Cell.com because life is expensive enough. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Saber or visit SaberHeating.com.
1: I
2: love
1: this song. Do you know what this is, Tom? Don McLean? No, it's not Don McLean. It was Sarah's (laughs) idea. That's actually a U2 song.
0: Oh, yeah, you did tell me. We talked about that before. But she was in
1: a kick where she was listening to Sam Cooke, and she goes, I want to do a... If Sam Cooke did... I still haven't found what I'm looking for, which is the name of the U2 song. I think I think it would right. sound like this. I'm like, that's yeah, kind of swinging. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So that's where that came from. You can swing I basically anything. It'll sound better. I'm um, swinging, man. Did I ever play Milky Edwards for you? I think we talked about that once. I
0: don't. Yep, we did. Oh yeah.
1: Yep. It's a musical mystery. It's a some guy named Milky Edwards. No one knows who he put is. Put out a fake record. Nobody knows who he is, and they're like if David Bowie's songs were done by a Motown band in 1964. And it's just, it, it's cool stuff. It's really so much fun. But nobody's been able to track them down. This has been like seven or eight years. and It's just, it's hard to keep a secret in this day and age, but somehow Milky if you know Edwards... you
4: what you're doing,
1: you can. Yeah, but the the production is so good on this. Uh, there had to be a, this isn't just a one-person well, no. thing. There's a lot of people involved in it. So. All right, what were we talking about before I wandered off the tracks here? I forgot.
2: Uh, I think we were talking about all around. <laughs> that's right, well, were,
1: Charles were. There. That's
0: right. Oh, <laughs> and,
2: uh, yep. yep, But it's an earworm. You remember it, right? Yep. Like that's that's effective advertising right there at yes, its finest. It is. I probably can't remember the last time I heard one of their ads, but I still know their jingle.
1: I think you know a lot of tradespeople... people. Um, stopped advertising a year ago kind of across the board because mm-hmm. the world was going to come to an end yep. and yep. then all of a sudden the phones rang because everybody's sitting at home with nothing to do and they want yep. to do that. and everybody you know in that business just killed it last year mm-hmm. well so. because
2: you start to notice it like if you're not in your house you know 10 out of 12 hours a day whatever it is and you don't notice the crack in your wall or this is broken mm-hmm. nothing nothing bothers you you go to work every day and then now you're spending every waking moment of your day staring at it, and you're like, i got to fix that.
4: Every house, no matter how new or well-built, has some little flaw that you can obsess over if you want to.
1: Yeah. No, I've got tons of them in mind, but I'm not obsessive, so it's fine. Although I do, i, I got to say, I hate working from home. It's nice when it's 24 below zero. Then I don't mind it so much, oh, but yeah. for the most part.
4: When, the, when your remote start doesn't even offset the cold, it's just slightly less freezing cold when you get in your car? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Yep. Well, yeah, that's my, called Minnesota, though. That's yeah, just, uh, that's just that's pretty is. normal.
1: That's
4: how it is. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about uh, your new marketing initiative about buying cars. We'll turn yes. this into a Walzer commercial <laughs> that kills us.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we're working on a new campaign called Walser Buys Cars, walserbuyscars.com. Um, so basically, we're just uh, giving it a little different angle. Not a lot of people realize that you can just come to us and we will buy your car. Uh, no strings attached. You don't have to buy a car from us. We just, we need the inventory, frankly. It's hard to find a good used car and we know a lot of people that take really good care of their cars and we want them. So That's
4: what I did last year? Yeah. Yeah. Andy uh,
1: went down to a one, we were talking about that and he goes, you know, I don't really need two cars right now and they don't drive very much. That's exactly, yep.
2: Yeah, yep, there's a whole angle there, too. I mean, lots of people just have extra vehicles lying around these days. Either you're working from home or whatever else. Th- I have an extra vehicle that I, my husband refuses to part with. I'd love to sell it, even though it's worth nothing. I just hate staring at it. So,
1: What kind of car is it?
2: Oh, man. It's a, <laughs> it's a 2001 Dodge Ram, um, which isn't saying a lot, except for the fact that it has, like, a 6-inch lift, chrome rims uh. and a custom paint job that is literally like purple flames yep. down the side oh. and then on the tailgate it's got two airbrushed ram's heads that like <laughs> come together on the tailgate i have pictures i'll share Did he and do this, is this is your twist? husband this, this is, is my so house. cool That's our extra vehicle that lies around. My husband's an interesting guy. Does
1: he get a Texas flag in the back window and a gun rack?
2: (laughs) He does not. He's from Minnesota, but it is a very redneck truck. We have been waved down in the street. We were leaving the Minnesota State Fair, so we we were stuck in traffic on Snelling. And some guy comes running down the street. He's like, that used to be my truck. That's Uh my truck. I was like, oh, my
4: God. So, wait so he, was he the one who customized it
2: no we bought it out of some podunk dealer up in sartell oh. so it was just he really liked it he had to have it he bought it We have
1: a lot of listeners in sartell
2: yeah <laughs> well i'm saying it's a dealer yes <laughs> but it was uh it was an interesting endeavor to go up there and then to to be in St. Paul and somebody run down the street after us because they were so happy to see their truck again. It was crazy. Wow. It's hard to miss. So. <laughs> it is, It's and it's very loud. I call it the beast. It's only loud because both mufflers have completely rusted off of it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, so you hear nice. it start from a block away. Should have brought him in. He sounds fun. I know. He is. He <laughs>
1: And not that you're not. That no. really was a horrible thing to say. No,
2: know. he's a, he's an interesting guy to say the least. He would come on here and he would shoot the shit with you all day. I, I guarantee you.
1: <laughs> so for listeners out there, if you are, this, and this is unusual, we've talked about this in the last couple episodes, we're going to have another weird new car year, it looks like, because of the microchip shortage, which mm-hmm. will hamper production. And what that means is late model used cars go up in value. Um, and normally we can't do this, and, and I don't. I, I want to be careful how I put this because it's not a it's not a guarantee. But in many many cases, if you are within four or five or six months from the end of a lease, you know, in normal times you have to wait till the last payment till you can get out. Yep. But but now because uh, car values are a little higher than the manufacturers anticipated when they set the residuals three years ago, we can a lot of times we can get you out. So if It it, it can work really well if you've got a car that you don't need anymore or if you're, you know, one of the things that's frustrating about leasing cars is there's usually kind of a quick window where you have to go from one to the other and it really accelerates Mm -hmm. the process. People don't really like that that much. I've I've been in there a couple of times. But if you've got, you know, three or four months and you know, hey, I can get out of my car as soon as I figure out what my next one's going to be. Um, That's kind of cool. So as always, you can contact me at at com. I won't do any actual work because I never do, but I'll connect you with people that are way better at it than I am.
4: So are the the chips in cars, how standardized are they? I'm guessing not at all.
1: Uh, actually, they're pr- very standardized. Oh, are they yeah. they, It's a
2: very common chip that's not unique to automotive. Oh, it's okay. a chip you'd find in microwaves or audio equipment things like that. It's a very small computer chip. Yeah. But there's a way that they prorated the pricing and automa- automotive somehow pays slightly less for this chip. So they're prioritizing clients that are paying more for said chips, and therefore creating. So there's some lawsuits that are probably going to happen, things like that around this whole thing. And But that's why the shortage is affecting mm. automotive more so than other industries.
1: And, and it really illustrates how the automotive, automobile manufacturing business has changed. We have a, a few people that listen to this podcast regularly that work in assembly plants. and
2: My husband you know, the, does. Oh, does he really? He's on the weird other end of it. He's in a thermo injection molding company who makes a ton of automotive parts.
1: There you go. Wow. Full circle. (laughs) So in the old days, uh, the manufacturers made their own stuff. When the Ford plant was first built over, I think, 100 years ago, they mined sand from the Mississippi River to make windshields. Now They don't do that anymore. The, the 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 manufacturing plants are really assembly plants so they'll source mm-hmm. their parts and it's a, and it's a weakness in the system because if something goes down it just doesn't affect one manufacturer it will affect all of them mm-hmm. that's why if you remember back during the recession when chrysler and general motors were about to go under and they had to go to congress well they had a ford who was they were in fine money shape went with them and I, I explained to my friends it's just so those other a-holes don't mess this up because if they go under ford was going to go too so yep. it is interesting
4: we got two items of input from our listeners fire away and first one officer dave says don't mess with the guy's truck so I would
2: never do that. I wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> I'm not gonna paint I over told it. him I'm going to probably bury him in it, so it's fine. <laughs> Next week, yeah.
4: <laughs> and then uh, someone from the chat wants to know. I don't know what this means, but he says, "Was the truck originally a Waldock conversion?"
2: No, Waldock is like uh, an aftermarket. Um, they make accessories. Forest Lake, right? Yeah, they're local. I just don't remember. They do like wenches and. and mm-hmm. Well,
1: in the heyday of the uh conversion van they were the big deal in town yeah so back yep. when they do a lot 70s, with that. 80s they and still 90s. have a
2: thing at the auto show every year where they do those fancy vans yep. right the yep. crazy conversion yeah i don't believe so it, it has They're called
1: sin bins that's the oh man <laughs>
2: that, that's just, just
4: is that where you get the neon underlighting yeah all that stuff yeah. that's illegal now right neon i have no idea th- well you who would get it anyway anyway yeah. anymore but i think they made it illegal for some reason what on underlining
2: <laughs> oh yeah because it's a distraction you can't you can use it in a parking lot when you're stationary but not when you're
1: there was yeah. about two weeks when I was commuting this is probably six or seven years ago there must have been a company that sold um, it was a marketing deal where if you were a, a, had a minivan they'd take over your back window and it would show like a live TV spot that you could buy. Mm. It was sort of like the electron oh, digital billboards, but in the back of a car. I think, I think the That's highway patrol said, yeah, no, you're not doing
4: that. Well, no. even the digital billboards, I feel like, how are those still a thing? Because I feel like if you're talking about distractions, you know, you've got, well, like you got basically a movie playing on a billboard. They
1: are controlled. They can only yeah. change so many times oh, a minute. Okay. Well, that I and the, right.
2: the advertisements featured aren't actually moving. It's just changing to, and they're all stationary right. advertisements that right. flips. But yeah, I could totally see that. Some of them are like insanely bright. Yeah,
4: it's like Las yeah. Vegas, yeah. yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, especially what's, at night, it's so bright. Right there, you're going to well, look at it. What's less
2: regulated is the ones. Like, there's one I pass every night um, with the furniture store off of Highway 10, and it's it's their own digital sign, and they don't regulate that much. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very distracting, honestly.
1: Oh, is that up in what, in Fadness uh, Heights or not?
2: Um, Heights? You can, I don't know where it is, it's off of Highway 10, pass it all the time. Okay. But it's like Fridley-ish.
1: You had to tell a funny story about Paul. When Clear Channel, I think it was Clear, first came to town with those billboards, he went absolutely mental mm-hmm. and signed a three-quarter of a million-dollar-a-year contract. And He's like, what do you think? And we're like, um, okay. What are you going <laughs> but to say? But to make matters worse, once those billboards hit, there was so much pushback from the communities because they thought mm-hmm. they were horrible. It's mm-hmm. like we just spent a lot of money to piss people off.
2: Yeah, there's been a couple cases where they were installed very close to homes or neighborhoods in general, and people were not happy. Like, I remember specifically a news story not too long ago where the guy had to basically just put blackout curtains on one side of his house because it was so close. It was, like, daylight all night. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of crazy that that's allowed. But they keep putting them up more and more. There's one, a new one in Champlain they just put up. Um, But I just did a media buy for a bunch of placements, so... <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah, we're... we're a, to, it's
1: a more of a mature thing now, I think, and... Yeah.
2: It's just a better... You can be much more flexible with your message, so yeah. you can... You can take one campaign and expand it into you know a lot of different fun taglines and do more things with it and change out that creative mm-hmm. at the ready versus a, a actual billboard that has to be there for yeah. six months at a time or usually three to four but
4: yeah because you have to put the posters up every time you wanted to change it and that's expensive. yeah it's usually
2: it quarterly yeah. Yep. so, so they are you buying them over.
1: these for walls or buys cars is yes it? okay good yeah. and when is this going to roll out because i know people are yeah. going to just immediately start driving around the twin cities <laughs> to see if they can see when it can- <laughs> (laughs)
2: Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, It is in process right now, so I've got all the placements ready to go, and I'm just um, finalizing some details with our reps and things like that. It's all it's all ready to go. I just gotta get it live. So,
1: I have one more question for you. Um, They planned normally. The Twin Cities Auto Show is in. Middle of March, it's around mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day. In fact, I think we were doing the podcast from there live when Scott came by and said, yeah, this will be the last day we're having the show. We're going to close it down tomorrow. So it just tells you about mm-hmm. how long it goes. But they're planning to do it in at the state fairground in May. Is that yes. for sure going to happen, or is, there still, is it up in the air? Somebody asked me the other day, and I didn't really know the answer, so I they made something up. They're
2: planning for May. Huh. So I just got a communication this morning from MADA. Um, the details are still um a little fuzzy with with exactly who will be there and how and all of that and i'm sure that you know it'll still be subject to whatever restrictions are in place at the time but um, they are fully planning on doing it uh there's going to be so much room at the state fairgrounds uh just knowing how much real estate you have so one they're going to have cars on display two they're creating sort of this neighborhood thing that um, should be really interesting with like a family fun zone and like a these little um pods were like ones with like rvs and towing capability and things like that okay. so they they are moving forward with plans for the show um i don't see any like specific reason that it wouldn't happen other than just maybe being limited to attendance numbers depending on current conditions at the time
1: i'll have to call scott and we, we usually have him on once a year to talk about the auto show and so He's said he's a good guest so yeah
2: i think it'll be fun i think it'll um Hopefully bring out some of the food vendors. I've not heard for sure, but I know a lot of people are, are missing that State Fair experience, and this would be kind of their first chance to get at some of those vendors. that.
1: Oh, they're not going to bring the vendors from the auto, normal auto show? Uh, oh, great. Here's the an $8 hot dogs. Yeah, That's yeah. That's great. Thanks.
2: Yeah. That one, I've always loved working the auto show because it, it always overlapped with St. Patrick's Day, and the people watching is just priceless. Yeah. I remember standing in the Maserati booth. I was there for like nine hours straight one day and and they had a convertible gran turismo that was white with a cream interior and we kept the doors locked but the top was down so people were like climbing into this car Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm literally the person i am the warden all day trying to keep people out of this car and they thought they were so smart by opening it from the inside i'm like then they'd see the look on my face and they'd walk away Like you can look. You don't have to climb all over it.
1: When they were building the convention center, this probably has to go back to early about, God, when I say 30 years ago? God, a million. <laughs> oh, Tom was still on AM so long ago. He hadn't
0: Exactly. But they were building exactly the convention
1: right. center, so they moved the auto show over to the Metrodome. Hmm. I thought, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. And I, went to, I volunteered to work on what we probably don't, no longer call Old Folks Day, but it's the only day Wednesday is the only time the auto show is open during the day and they have senior discounted tickets, so Mm -hmm. it's a lot of senior citizens that come in and check out cars. The problem was there's only one elevator that goes from the mezzanine at the Metrodome down and it only holds like five or six people. So people, they'd walk down all the stairs to get to the, the field to look at the cars. And then they'd just, they just—they couldn't Stuck make there? it back up. They just get <laughs> oh, they'd, the line for the elevator was like two and a half hours long. I'm like, "Why we're never doing this again? We just pissed wow. off
2: everybody." Yeah, that's not—that's not smart at all. Well,
1: and no. we blew up the metro. That place sucked
0: anyway. Yeah, everyone I, hated that building.
1: It was the worst sports stadium ever made. Would you agree, Tom? No
0: doubt. Well, it only cost 55 million. So what does that tell you?
1: So what was what's crap. the new one? Is that is the new one a billion dollars?
0: Yeah, one point
4: two 1.2 billion dollars. That's, a, that's crazy. I know. It's that's a lot of money.
0: Well, at least the, at least the taxpayers paid for it, so that's mm-hmm. good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll God. get that's it back any day, day now. scared. Sure.
2: Well, yeah, with the lack of concerts and things like that, it's not even.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not even meant to host those anyway. I went to Metallica you know, the when they opened that. The very first concert series that they did there, and it was terrible. I hear the
4: acoustics are awful.
2: It was awful. Mm. I've seen. You're a
1: Metallica fan, and your husband drives a lifted <laughs> one Ram truck. You are an awesome person.
2: I I'm getting a <laughs> Wrangler this weekend. Are you I'm really? Kind of, yeah, I'm super excited. Oh, um, good for you. I've been driving a, a CX5, which is a great car. I don't want to make it sound like it's terrible, but it's just not me. I my car. I was driving what my husband is driving now. His truck blew up he somehow inherited my truck i had a 2015 silverado with a two inch level and 22 inch like i i'm not the person that comes to work every day if you don't know me outside of work then you don't know me much at all so um i live up in now then we have chickens okay i, I have
1: now then story <laughs> when i was I love in Nowthen. college yeah. i i was a cab driver mm-hmm. and back then they were unionized and one guy says hey how'd you like to be a union steward i'm like Sure, I'm 18. Sounds like fun. So I became a union steward, and we had uh, union meetings. Tom, do you remember the president and the vice president bar on Lake and Nicollet?
0: Lake and Nicollet, yeah, Uh, yep. So we had our
1: uh, we had our union meetings in the uh, vice president, which basically meant me and three other union stewards and the president was this guy named Dick Say. He was straight out of Central Casting. He looked like a cab driver, had the little cabby hat, smoked the big cigars, <laughs> drunk all the time, told dirty jokes, oh, well. called everybody my short, peckered friend. One of oh, these nice. kind of guys. Yeah. Perfect. So he uh, lives in Now Then, and we were talking about how it got its name, and he goes, well, when we decided to incorporate, we had the mayor and some of the people come over to my house, and we were sitting around drinking one night trying to come up with names. And I'm saying, let's call it Starburst or this and that, and one guy kept saying, well, now then we should just call this or now then we should just call that, and Dick said, F it. Let's just call it now then, and they went,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah, the story they it. have on their website is something about how instead of signing sincerely on a letter, you you sign it now then and then your name, and I was like, okay. We don't even have our own post office. It's <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. It's It's got a population of like 4,000, I believe, yeah. but um, our director of finance uh jen parsons she actually lives in now then as well so it's really weird. yeah we're oh. on opposite ends of now then but yeah
1: uh, oh uh, what uh, either side of the same block it's
2: like 20 minutes like it's geographically large but it's all farms i grew it, up in dayton no.
1: which is very yeah. very yep. similar uh, dayton is
4: enormous but it's all farmland so yeah
2: yeah we have a couple friends that live in dayton well, so.
1: yeah. uh, mardall lives up that way doesn't he what's it what's the name of his is it Du ellen can't remember. Oh uh, I mean. yeah,
0: Duellen. Yep, that's exactly Do- right. I mean, it that's duelling now then too. Duelling. That's what it Dwellum. is. With M. Dwellum. Dwellum. Dwellum? Yep, That's it. Yep. Hmm.
2: But yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty familiar with the whole redneck, uh, whatever. You should meet my neighbors. It's. It's pretty. <laughs> I have stories for days on on my neighbors and their crazy antics. We had bring so. your
4: tractor to work day at our high school. We. I know what you're talking nice. about. Nice.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Bring your tractor to work day. Yeah, because half the people out there owned a tractor because you know, you yeah, got a field, you got to plow it
0: somehow.
1: Go! It's quarter after one. It is. We've been at this for almost an hour.
0: Yeah, you did an hour this week. I like it. Well.
1: Uh, tune in next week. We've got a guy that I actually met through Walzer. Eric Bowles is going to be on the
2: show. Oh, that's awesome. He's just Eric. a
1: really interesting guy. You know, when they said it's mandatory meeting with a motivational thought leader, I'm thinking, I would rather have all my teeth pulled out by a <laughs> 01 Ram with a lift kit. <laughs> and then I met this guy, and interestingly enough, after the first time he came into town, he was staying at the Marriott. It was snowing really bad, and he couldn't get a, a an Uber to the airport. I said, look, I kind of live that way. I'll give you a ride if you want. So it took us an hour to get to the airport. Mm-hmm. We had a great conversation. Reached out to him on LinkedIn, and he said, I'd love to be on the show. So th- th- that's his second life. His first career, he played in the NFL for five or six years mm-hmm. as a, a receiver. I think he played for the Jets' and the packers if i remember right so he will be on next week and then the following week we will nobody will be on there'll be no shows that because it'll be the first of march that's and, right so spring is coming and
0: why are there no shows because you're gonna be
1: hanging out with your grandchildren At is it world or land i can never which remember world? which one disney world, world. Yeah. Disney lands world. in california worlds in florida <laughs> yes, so. that's right
0: should i close with what my two-year-old grandson said to me Of course you should. It's a true story. Sage will turn uh, three in June, and Fawny will be five in May, so they're still two and four right now. And the little kids like that hear everything you say, and they just file it away in their brains. Uh, And you don't know they're doing it, but they know everything you say, and it's in their brain. And I said to Sage, Sage, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to Disney World. There's a pause, and he goes, yeah, well, you're out of the mix. Wow, a two year, a two year old said that to me.
2: That's great. So
0: when Tom's gr- granddaughter, I don't know if she still does, it, on the but, show. But, but when she was yeah, exactly. three, when
1: she'd fall down, she'd go
0: down goes Fraser, down goes Fraser. <laughs> she did, she and so does Sage does that now too. Howard Cosell, mm-hmm. just, down goes Fraser. Not
4: that she has any idea who Cosell or Fraser are, right? But, no, but it's perfect. No.
1: We know who it is, and it's funny. Well, it that is. wraps up episode of show. 83 of Car Selling Secrets. It's great, to I really am glad you came in. I, 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 you know, I admire your work, but I knew very little about you, and it's just more fascinating than I could have imagined.
2: Yeah, you could do a whole new segment on just my stories about my redneck neighbors if you want, if you need content. Yeah, I'm you'll be <laughs> coming back. Yeah, that'll be great. And bring your husband. will <laughs> little little to you, do we with marketing? Yeah, sure. We can uh, make that introduction. This you is, love content. Well,
1: you know what? It has everything to do with marketing because that's why we started this podcast. This is just, a, it's all about the message. And if people are engaged, and, and, that, and that's really what worked with the whole Tom and Doug KQ thing. It's like, you know, you screw around, you're not talking about cars that much, but you sound like a somewhat normal person. Um, right. People respond to that, and they really like it. I think that's you know, so rather than the fifteen cent spots, it's like, what's your message? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get absolutely. that right. Generally, the rest is relatively easy. So. Well,
4: and there's something to be said for you know, down the line, someone's going to remember this one story they heard on car selling secrets, and then they're going to think, where'd I hear that? Oh yeah, it was Walzer car selling secrets. Yeah, you that, know, I uh, actually I could, I could use a new car. Maybe I'll go to Walzer.
1: Yeah, because I've heard say their in Minnesota, brand they, It sounds like they don't suck so bad. Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that that's the bar, but that's it's high true. It is true. Yeah, list. it really is. Brand yeah.
4: recognition is probably eighty percent of yep. profit. So,
1: all yeah. right, folks, that's it. Over and out. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.